Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Vanya Iskandri, and I'm a social worker in Baltimore, Maryland, in D.C. area. I currently work for a university in the Maryland school system, working with a Promise Neighborhood program focused on family prosperity, which basically includes working with families who are at risk of eviction or dealing with any sort of financial crises and trying to get them to understand the relationships between mental wealth, mental health and their wealth. Um, and so making those connections and focusing on economic equity. So that is what I do from a nine to five. And I'm also building out a business um, focused on healing of Black, Indigenous people of color as well. So that is some important work. Thank you so much for, for doing your part. You know, I think that the more that we all kind of plug in where we feel called to, the better off we are collectively. So I appreciate you for, um, you know, doing your part where you're at. That's amazing. I know that I originally um, had seen your Instagram some, I don't know how I came across it, but I saw your Instagram and I tell people all the time, like, hate me, whatever. I just started watching Insecure during the quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I just started watching it. Okay. I understand. I'm a little bit late. Okay. Um, but I saw that you had talked about attachment and um, some of the characters and I was instantly like, yes, this is exa exactly what I was thinking of somehow doing. So I'm glad that we can have a conversation about it because I think that, you know, attachment plays a huge, a huge role in our relationships, in our experience of the world. You know, it can mm -hmm. Um, either create trauma or be some of why we have to recover from it and there's a lot of ways that it's kind of interweaved into what we do so I would love for us to kind of hit on some of that and other things that come up from the show because they they share a lot of stuff that's just very um, similar to what we're dealing with in real life which makes yes. sense you know what I mean yes I mean that's the thing with the show and why I think it resonates so much is because it's so relatable um and honestly sometimes it's too relatable um <laughs> watch the show and I've been um almost kind of you know mortified because it's like oh man I've I've been there you know I've been in that situation before and it it's a little hard to watch on screen sometimes because it it feels like I'm watching my life play out in some ways um especially just with, you know, Black women, friendships, jobs, navigating relationships. So it's it's very good content. And I just love and appreciate Issa Rae for putting this baby out into the world for all of us to enjoy. So, um, yeah, but this season especially, I think, is touching on friendships specifically um, as it relates to the greater scheme of relationships. And 
I really loved just diving deeper into Issa and Molly's friendship because as you see, like from the trajectory of the entire show, you kind of notice they have like a bit of a interesting dynamic just in general. Um, they're obviously best friends. It seems like they've been best friends since college. Um, and they've kind of transitioned their friendship from a college friendship to an adult friendship. And, you know, Molly, I did this kind of, I did a write up on Medium about Molly and just specifically how she has navigated and more specifically some things in her life that I feel like contribute to her as a friend and as a partner. Um, and which is why I said, you know, I classified her as being fearful avoidant in the attachment style because I was looking at her background and I was saying, okay, like she grew up in, you know, very rough neighborhoods in LA and, you know, she had to be protected. And I feel like she knew she had to get out of that. And, you know, she formed her ideas of the world by growing up in this family. And then she comes to find out that her dad cheated on her mom. And that was a huge like turning point for her just in terms of like how she trusts people. And I noticed that and saw that kind of playing out in her own relationships with people. And then ultimately in her friendship with Issa that at the block party episode, you kind of see like explode. Um, and so, it was just really interesting to just take note of all of these things that kind of made her her and ultimately what made this friendship kind of come to that eruption point um, in the show. And so, yeah, it was very, very interesting for me to make those connections between, um, you know, Molly and her upbringing and really what made her that type of person um, you know, she has created a very strong identity of being, you know, this, this, I'm the lawyer, I'm very strong, I have these opinions, um, you know, and she, she really upheld that identity. I think she really, um, she identified with that very strongly to the point where I felt like, you know, Issa, as she was starting to come up in her career, and not necessarily, you know, and create her own identity for herself, it was a bit of a struggle in their relationship. And so um, it was just interesting to see that play out um, for both their their points of view. So um, yeah, I, I just really took the time to like dive into Molly and her attachment style. Issa as well, being more, um, you know, she she has not really been confident in herself. Um, you know, she's made a lot of mistakes in her life that you can see play out throughout the show. Um, you know, she in the first season, she cheats on her boyfriend of five years. And, you know, that put a stain on her. And she really felt like she had to redeem herself from making poor choices. And so kind of over the course of the series, you see her slowly start to own up to those things that she needs to face and make decisions. You know, she ends up quitting her job that she really doesn't like, and that's not really serving her. She ends up, you know, pursuing 
this whole new idea that she had. And, you know, it, it ends up work out, working out from her, but she had to face a lot of, you know, she had to face her imposter syndrome a lot because she kept telling herself the story in her head, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, who am I to be doing these things? Like, I have not proven myself to myself and I obviously have not proven myself to others. And so just combating those things um, while she was trying to really prove to herself, like, you know, I am worthy, I can do these things. Um, and so I felt like even with her watching her, um, you know, of course, like people on Twitter were like going hard at Molly and just how she was treating Issa in their friendship. But if you look individually at Issa, I feel like she was also very one track minded in her mission to prove something to herself to the point where she also ended up neglecting her friendships as well. Um, so you could, you could see both of those play out um, where it's, you know, everybody has a place to own in the story of what makes a friendship last. And so I think it's also very interesting to just see how attachment plays a part in friendships, not just in romantic relationships. Um, although you can, you know, draw commonalities between how people interact with friends and with their partners and just their families at large and whoever else they interact with. But it's also important to know that attachments can differ depending on who we're, we're interacting with. So, um, yeah, I really just enjoyed diving deep into that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I love the show and happy to talk more about like specific events or specific scenarios that came up in, in the show as well. Yeah, I think what's what really um, stood out for me personally <clears throat> is that, excuse me, in the past, I did an episode on representation and how important it is for people to see people like them um just being real people if that makes sense you know what I mean <clears throat> and so I feel like insecure is one of the most real depictions of just what life really looks like you know but I don't know how else to explain it but it just is very um real to me mm -hmm. and for people that have that experience and how there hasn't really been many other representations um, as real as that one. I mean, maybe I didn't really watch Girlfriends, but I would assume that that right. might have been like a similar thing, you know, that show. Right. Um, but maybe also because Insecure is on HBO, they have even more full range to explore certain things right. that you can't on regular primetime TV. So the ability to see as a therapist attachment styles so blatantly kind of depicted in media is mm -hmm. beautiful because then I can bring that into the room and talk to clients about have you seen this episode right. they say, yes can you see how this this and that led to this interaction or how this played out and then there's there's an example like a visual visceral example already set because I feel like sometimes trying to explain things to people you can talk about it but sometimes it's right. nice to have an example that someone can see outside of just talking about it. So as I'm watching the show, I'm, I'm entertained, but I'm also watching how their interactions really are a reflection of many people's experiences in their own relationships in the real world and how that could be helpful in being able to 
be aware of and identify that so that, you know, people in real life can um, have different options as far as how to go about these interactions. Because, you know, you're saying people are going in on Molly, but as I was watching the Block Party episode and the previous ones before that, I'm like, Issa is ignoring Molly. Like, every time she tried to talk, Issa is the one that rescheduled and was too busy. Now, obviously, she was working and she had some stuff that she was she was dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. But if we can put ourselves in each person's shoes to kind of understand um, where they're coming from, then we have a different vantage point. You know what I mean? So I think that the the evolution, like you mentioned, them having been friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. What I see with a lot of my clients is that, you know, um, you go from being in school pretty much your entire life for 20 years or whatever, right? Right. (laughs) graduating and now you're expected to to know how to adult and your relationships the ones that are longer actually I think typically have a harder time transitioning than the people that you meet in college in in your adulthood right so having to transition your relationship because maybe when you're in college you're used to seeing each other every day or every weekend and hanging out when you're in adulthood your schedules might be different right you don't you're not on the same campus you have to then schedule time together and you have to be um have grace for the differences in the way that your lives are um beginning to unfold and so to be able to watch that is so beautiful um and for people i think to be able to see it and see their lives kind of reflected in that and in different characters i think is also really helpful so so yeah it's wild because when i when i look at it i do the whole i do a whole attachment series on the podcast on wednesdays um Mm -hmm. looking at molly and how you can start to see a pattern right you don't see it at first but when it's episode after episode or relationship after relationship um where she has this pattern of interacting and responding where mm-hmm. she gets maybe overwhelmed and then flees and then comes back. Right. right? And so that's right. very like fearful avoidant. Exactly. Um, and it's not that someone who's fearful avoidant doesn't care or isn't mm-hmm. invested. It's just how we get triggered and respond to that is different for each person. So for her, it's like, you know, if we think about mottos. It seems like Molly's like, I'm the only one that's got me. So when it comes to her family, when it comes to work, right, she was backstabbing at work. I'm like, that's messed up. You know, she was supposed to to be working with the girls and she left the girls in the lurch to go work with the guy. Then she left him in the lurch. And if your motto is, I'm the only one that's got me, then you won't be the only one that's got you because the way that you act is going to invite that into your life, you know? Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Sorry about that. No, I'm just thinking of like the two of them specifically, because then on the other end of that, which opposites typically attract, right? Um, right. If Molly is fearful avoidant and Issa is anxious, mm-hmm. I was just watching the episode last night and Issa had, I think she had called Can, I can't even say her name, Candola. Oh, and then, Candola. <laughs> and then right after calling her, she texted her. And I was like, that's a very like anxious attachment style thing to do. Right. And it's such a small nuance. It's such a little thing, but mm-hmm. that's what can be pinpointed, at least for me, when I'm talking to clients and things like that, to help them like understand where that comes from. Right. And so um, for her, it's very much so, like you said, her maybe having this, some underlying feeling of not being good enough mm-hmm. um, that makes her complacent almost like to not act. 
right. paralyzes her from doing certain things. So mm-hmm. the, they were in their relationship for however long. She wasn't happy, but did she say anything? You know what exactly. I mean? Like she was paralyzed to do or say anything. She wants to be successful or she wants to do this block party, but she got paralyzed and feeling overwhelmed by how much there was to do in order to make it happen. And so sure. that's exactly how anxiety plays out is that you get overwhelmed or there's, it feels like there's too much to get to that place. And so then you get paralyzed. So, you know, they're on opposite sides of the spectrum, but they also, that might've worked in their relationship maybe in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then as they evolve, it's challenging to grow with someone um, as they evolve with, we don't have certain like, communication or systems in place so it's really interesting it is I mean for me I I broke down the three things that I thought that they had in common um which were you know they're both not the great best communicators (laughs) um they both have very high expectations of others that ultimately seems like they can't live up to themselves and they both have a tendency to not listen to the best parts of themselves when thinking through things or making decisions. Um, So those are some of the similarities that I kind of drew on for both of them. And, you know, with Molly, I felt like, you know, she, as you were saying, it's kind of like the, I got me, I have, I'm the only one who's got me. Um, And of course that is extremely isolating and you can never really feel like you trust anyone. Um, And ultimately, I feel like it's those expectations that she has put on herself, which ultimately she has put on others. And, um, you know, if they are not able to live up to those things, um, because ultimately, like, that's kind of, you know, she's putting up this thing as like, I'm not trying to be rejected. I will do the rejecting. Um, And so I thought that that was just very interesting to watch her with the friendship part of it, like, if they don't live up to these expectations or, you know, I'm going to start poking holes here and figuring out like, you know, do I need to cut this person off? Um, But, you know, on the other side of it, she has in the past shown that she really does care about the friendship in different ways, you know, whether it was being there for Issa during her breakup, um, you know, coming through and, I thought the most anxious part of what Issa did in the entire series was when she decided to stalk Nathan's house. I'm not sure if you, uh, in the last season, um, remember that moment where she went. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, where she went over to. Oh, that was intense. Yeah. I was stressed out. I was very stressed. And that was the type of behavior in to be like super candid, it's like, that's something that I could very easily see, you know, happening in real life because like, yep, that has been me. Like, I'm not even going to lie about it. Like I'm with you. I'm in reformation. I'm <laughs> crazy. That's right. It's like, dang. Okay. And, and that was kind of like a moment where I was like, oh man, this is too real. It's too much. It's touchy. But it's good to see it play out on on screen, you know, and so it doesn't make you feel as, you know, wild. But that was a moment where I was kind of like, wow, okay, she she's really she's really anxious right now. She hasn't heard from Nathan in three weeks. She's thinking again that it's about her. Um, And ultimately, in this season, we come to find out that it's not about her. Um, 
And I'm not sure if you've gotten to that point, but there is something that is revealed uh, as to why Nathan has, uh, you know, he went ghost for that time. Um, and just- I haven't, I don't know why yet, but in my head, he either has like some kind of mental health, something, or maybe a baby or something crazy like that. Ding, but, ding. Well, I guess it's not crazy, <laughs> but I assume he said he needed time to himself or whatever. I'm like, he right. probably has some mental health things that he's dealing with. Well, I mean, that's coming from a professional. So you, you already know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, but I think, you know, it's, it's great that they're exploring these topics too on the show and making those things very real. Um, but yeah, just a side note about ghosting, like it's never about you. Like it's, mm. really, it's like 99.5% not about you. <laughs> like seriously, it's more so an internal thing with folks who are, you know, they're for one reason or another, um, are being very avoidant. That's like a very avoidant trait. Um, so anywho, um, yeah, I mean, Molly got a huge, huge hit on, um, on Twitter, as I said before. Um, and I think it's interesting for the folks who kind of choose to kind of, you know, they go on Issa's side, um, Mm. and say, for me, I tried to remain objective, but to be honest with you, I there were a lot of moments where I was like, okay, Molly, you're tripping. Like, you gotta you gotta reel it in. Um, not really sure what's happening, but I did look at it from an objective standpoint and say, you know, again, that the things that they had in common, which they needed to communicate, um, and they needed to make decisions and think of each other in the best light, which is what they were not doing. It was almost like they, you know, every time it was just about what the person is not doing. And, um, you know, ultimately in the episodes to follow the block party, Molly has a, a conversation with herself and she does end up deciding to go back to therapy, which I think was a very smart choice because it's a lot of things going on that she's having trouble figuring out because it's not just the relationship with Issa. It's her relationship with Andrew too, which is a very new relationship that kind of played a role in her, um, in the block party blow up. Right. Which was like, okay, I just feel like I want to protect this relationship. You know, this is my first real relationship and I want to make sure that, I'm doing everything that I possibly can to make it work. But in that, in me doing that, in me trying to exercise a quote boundary, am I ultimately harming other people in, in doing that? Um, and so I think that's something that's very interesting that gets explored. And one thing that the doctor, um, Dr. Rhonda, who plays the therapist said in the show was ultimately to Molly, okay, do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? And Mm. I thought that that moment was pretty pivotal just in terms of like, where are we going here? Is the relationship worth it to you to continue with Issa? Are you willing to put in the work to mend it? And I feel like ultimately that's what it comes down to when you have a break in a relationship or some sort of disagreement is you know, are you willing to put in the work uh, to kind of get past it and understand each other on a deeper level? You know, and I think it's like important. I would love to see attachment be talked about more commonly and openly um, just to say, you know, 
this is kind of what I feel like th- I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious. I can tend to be very anxious. And these are some of the things that come up for me. Um, and, you know, I feel like just kind of normalizing that language is something that I'm very passionate about as well. Um, just in terms of like, as we start relationships, as we build partnerships, you know, just putting some of those things out on the table is, I think, a very healthy thing to do. Yeah, I think doing your own work is so important because we can't change anybody else. Right. Um, and so the the only thing that we can do is seek to better understand ourselves. Mm-hmm which kind of empowers us to be able to try different things to, um, you know, have different ways of inviting conversations with the people in our lives and potentially inspire them to do their own work, you know? And so right. I, I think it was a, 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 all of it's blending together because I've been watching them all right. <laughs> quarantine. I don't remember what season it was, but I recall when they were out back, I think it was maybe at the wedding or something like that. Molly's parents wedding or something um. where, Issa is saying, making a valid point that Molly needs help, but it's the way in which she's making the point that is, is changing the nature of the conversation. And so we could have a valid message, but how we deliver that message is what makes the difference. And so Issa's like, you need to go to therapy. You need to get your life together, which is true. But then (laughs) she's making the suggestion and not entertaining it for herself as a person that's struggling. And so I think that sometimes we of course we can see for other people um, sometimes what we don't see for ourselves, um, which I think is interesting, but also a lot of it coming down to just assumptions, the amount of assumptions being made, like in this last season Mm -hmm. about what people are doing or what people like the, their tone and what they're saying can so quickly lead to a communication breakdown and so quickly lead to um, larger issues and a wedge being put between people in the difference of making a negative assumption or ma- assuming positive intent. Right. And so I think it's much easier maybe in the beginning of relationships um, to assume positive intent when someone doesn't text you back, you're like, oh, they must be busy or they must mm-hmm. be sleeping or we make, um, we make assumptions that give the benefit of the doubt to the other person. But right. I think that the closer that we get to people and the, cl- and the more likely or the more of a threat they become because we care about them, right? They could hurt us. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we become guarded and begin to seek to detect threats, you know? Right. So now we're making assumptions about what people say and do based on threat detection, as opposed to um, kind of being able to assume that positive intent. And so I think that being able to be aware of that, that's doing your own work, mm-hmm. um, really helps to to diffuse what otherwise would be bigger issues so if everyone if we did have more common conversations around attachment and all the different ways that that can play a role in our lives because everyone two people could both be fearful avoidant and they could it could look completely different in their lives so the more we can have these conversations the more we can kind of understand each person has their own formula Mm -hmm. and how to manage and maneuver that ourselves how to communicate our needs and wants to our you know partners or friends or co-workers or bosses because it also plays a role at work um, sure. the better off we are so that's why I really just appreciate you know the show in general even if people aren't necessarily like saying attachment or using that verbiage well, exactly. um, to understand or see what's going on and identify it in their own lives so that they can start understanding that better Yeah, there's like a couple things that I just wanted to hit on, um, which were 
you know, I think, which is really what you just spoke about. And that's respecting people in the growth process, Mm. right? Because we are not the same people along our journey. And especially if you have been friends with someone for a while, it's like any relationship, just like we are partnerships. It's like you come into the partnership understanding that, you know, this is the person that I'm committing to growing with, you know, because I'm not committing to them as who they are now. Of course, the foundational things, the values, um, you know, the personalities, these sort of core things that you are hoping to sustain and maintain, but understanding that people give room for growth and grace because that's what happens along our life journeys and not just room for growth, but also room for healing because our lives events that take place, they have, they take a toll on us. You know, there's so many things that have happened in these two women's lives that they haven't even begun to really touch the surface on, you know, just in terms of unpacking that. And I think that another highlight or another theme with the show that is um, kind of a thread is this idea of just sisterhood and a community um, maintaining that in a way that is as healthy as possible with the right tools of communication and, um, you know, understanding these sort of uh, triggers and understanding people's, um, you know, boundaries and things like that. But just wanted to touch on the importance of community, sisterhood specifically here in the show and um, understanding that there's room for healing and growth in relationships and to make room for that. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's, I think a lot of people try to, I don't know if live in isolation or we're trying to only show our best sides. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to involve people in certain parts of our lives or we don't want to burden or be thought of differently um, for the ugly parts of our lives. And when we do that, we, we isolate ourselves and make it harder to come out of that place or to learn from that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't have, now, obviously we want to have trusted, you know, hopefully people that we know we can rely on in those situations, not just anybody, right. but um, to have a tribe that you trust and that, you know, will be honest with you in a authentic kind way, you know, you can be honest and that could be perceived as, rude or whatever that the case may be but you can also just be honest and it be from love and kindness right. and so that comes down to again having that positive intent and mm-hmm. and you had mentioned um healing and whenever i do the the attachment series um we're talking about things and people are worried because they're like oh my gosh that's me like this is what happens in my relationships but mm-hmm. i always try to say that relationships provide the opportunity for healing right. and if we allow them to, if we can work within them and work on ourselves to let that be the case, then that's what could happen. And so it sounds when I was watching this season, you know, Molly's been trial and error in her romantic relationships. Yeah. And so um, for her to experience the grace, I think it was Jared or something like that, the guy that worked at Enterprise. Yeah. And for her to have gone back to him and for him to have grace with her is, is a part of that healing. Did they end up together? No, but that's hopefully showing her like, wow, you know, I can mess up and it's okay because somewhere in her, for whatever reason, she might also feel like, well, if I mess up, it's a done deal. And so 
the same thing happens again, right? It's all about those patterns with Andrew where she, where they start getting close. And then because they start getting close, he becomes more of a threat to her. She starts threat detecting. Boom. There's a thing that he said that does not align with how I feel. So let me cut him off now before it gets too deep. And then she goes back because she realizes, is that what she really wanted? Is that how she actually feels? And then for him to continually have grace continually like over and over again you yes. know what I mean? um, sometimes as the partner I'm, I'm talking about now like how to date each atta- attachment style sometimes mm-hmm. as the partner depending on where you're at you really just have to be full of grace and compassion and kindness and it's yeah. difficult at times because your other the other person might be testing and poking and prodding mm-hmm. to ensure that they're safe in that relationship with you and so it's it's can be challenging it's easier said than done at times but I I think that that's such a beautiful depiction of him being still as she kind of goes back and forth and she's like he's still here like what is this what's going on you know like what's going on here like this is a little weird um and relationships just really give us the opportunity to heal if we allow them to even if it doesn't mean we end end up together in the long run that's very true. That's very true. And as you continue to watch this season, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on how that particular story plays out between Andrew and Molly, because you do sense that she starts to feel more comfortable um, in the relationship. And you, there is a thing with Andrew where he is definitely providing that sort of solid grounding force for her and making room for all of her different, you know, um, ways that she may show up um but then i see there's also you know ends up being a communication breakdown as well because certain things are not said um right you know where they need to be said just in terms of how he's feeling you know because Mm -hmm. that's something in a relationship too it's it's give and take we cannot continue to um think that our partners are just our punching bags or our doormats or whatever, you know, they are here to be in partnership and relationship with us. And so the same grace that we are being extended as we figure ourselves out with our, you know, attachment styles that are not secure, um, it's important to provide that same grace back to the partner who is making those allowances and rooms for us. And so, um, because we also don't know what Andrew was dealing with. You know, we don't know what he's coming to the table with. I think it's been said in the episode that this is also his first long-term relationship as well. And so he really wants to make it work too. And so I think that that's, um, you know, just something to keep in mind as well as we kind of navigate those relationships where, um, you know, you may be feeling sort of anxious or fearful or avoidant or a combination of the three, but understanding that, you know, all things are definitely um, give and take. And so, and communication at the end of the day is completely key. So um, yeah, uh, that that's definitely my, my take, but I would love to hear what you have to say when it all comes to a close for you. Oh boy, I know I still need to catch up on the rest of the episodes, but yeah, um, yeah last night when we were watching it and Molly and Andrew seemed to be doing really well kind of in the beginning of the episode yeah. and she's she works a lot and all of that right, um, right. and so she's telling all her friends like Andrew gets it this this and that but she never actually got confirmation that he's on the same page with her right. he just is you know he's just I don't know if I want to say compliant but he he doesn't make a fuss about her 
um, working as much as she does. And then they sit down at, I think they might've said something at dinner or something like that, that turned into a little bit of a tiff. She Mm -hmm. showed up at his house and they were talking on the couch and he is honest and straightforward and saying, even when he was, even when they were at dinner, he's like, I don't know where I fit in, in this plan. And all he's saying, he wasn't yelling. He Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't Mm -hmm. mad or anything. He's just being honest and open and expressing um, his concern. And it sounds like it was difficult or it was difficult for her to kind of process that. Again, that threat meter goes up. So for her, it's like, okay, it's time to fight. So everyone has, whether it's fight, flight, or freeze, their response. And so Molly, it's typically to fight. Mm -hmm. And then she flees. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then she comes back. And so um, that pattern, watching that, happen and them having the conversation later on on the couch Mm -hmm. I was talking about this recently that for someone who is secure they are going to say typically what they mean like right not you don't have to decode what they're talking about (laughs) right they're usually just being honest and I think for someone who's insecurely attached because of the combination of life experiences and the way that we perceive things we are decoding because that's what we learned how we had to do things is all right, what's behind this? Mm -hmm. I need to read between the lines. So when someone's being honest, you're thinking that they're playing games. And so you're like, right. You really just, you really just care about me. Like you really just want to work it out. Like what game is this? (laughs) And so I think that in that it's been interesting watching because we get so much more depth for Molly and Issa to be able to identify their attachments, but then pulling back and saying, okay, if this is their attachment style, who, what is the attachment style of the people that they're dating? Right. And so that's where I'm kind of more like, huh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, Same, huh. same. I'm not fully fleshed on, on where some of the, the partners stand. Um, in relation to Molly and and um, Issa, but I try to just based off of what you would say. Um, I'm not what you just said about Molly and Andrew. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I guess classify him as secure either right. because he, you know, he has some things where he's not fully comfortable expressing himself. He also, as you stated, doesn't. You know, he kind of maybe lets some things slide a little too much. So yeah. I think there's definitely some room also for for um, some growing and learning from him as well. But I'm not sure exactly how would I would qualify him yet. But, um, you know, I think it's important at least that he makes, um, he he is thoughtful, right? Like he, he will go back when a situation happens and think about it, you know, um, after Molly was kind of like trying to inquire more about him and his work and his family and he kind of shut down and walked out, he practiced, you know, the, the uh, um, flight in that moment, right? But I feel like he came back, right? He said, okay, well, you know, I was wrong. I really do want to grow in relationship with you. And then that's kind of how they moved on to a more healthier communication style. But, um, you know, it continues to play out. But, yeah, I definitely I'm very curious to know um, more about Lawrence as well. I think he would definitely he's 
he is insecurely attached for sure, but I'm just not sure how to qualify. I think, I feel like they're probably more, if anything, on the dismissive. Yeah. Yes. So not, not fearful avoidant, but maybe like dismissive. Sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, which I wonder if there's, I'm sure there's more studies on this as far as like men and women and like where they kind of fall in those um, attachment styles. But yeah, I think I would also agree that um, kind of both of them actually display a lot more um, dismissive. Um, dismissive may be paired with something else, attachment styles. Um, but it, it's it's interesting to see Lawrence as well navigate the condola relationship She's been called everything on Twitter, by the way. Canola oil, Condoleezza Rice. Like, people have no respect for for Condola. Dang, that's not right. I know, I know. It's messed up. (laughs) um, Yeah, so it's it's definitely interesting. And then Nathan as well um, for Issa. And, you know, but a relationship that I think is very interesting that is not Molly or Issa or Lawrence, or any of the love interests, is um, Derek and Tiffany. Mm. Um, I think they are a very interesting couple. Um, And I think while they are, I don't think anyone necessarily, it's hard to find people who are secure, right? (laughs) Like, it's hard to find people who are secure. But I will say that I feel like their relationship is very it's healthy in the sense that you know that they talk well you know that they that they have each other's backs at the very least I would say and that they see the best in each other I think that is one thing that I can stamp on their relationship um just from watching but there are some things I feel like are left unsaid of course in their relationship because they're like putting on appearances specifically Tiffany putting on appearances and like not really getting into the weeds of the relationship with her friends. Like she never really divulges anything that goes on in their relationship because I think she's so worried about presenting herself as like a perfect person. Um, Which it's interesting in this season as well, how having the baby and just like dealing with postpartum depression kind of plays a role in, in her storyline as well. But um, I think just at the block party was an example of, Derek really stepping up and stepping in and saying like okay I see that you're like really trying to have fun right now you're not you know you've been dealing with a lot I'm gonna go take care of the baby um and leave you kind of to just enjoy yourself because I feel like you need it and that kind of like attentiveness is um and trust that they share with each other is is cool and I think um if I had to classify anyone on the show as being close to being being, um you know a healthy form of relationship I would I would say they they would be the ones but yeah yeah I think maybe also seeing attachment on more like a like a spectrum than like black or white definitely Um, it absolutely is yeah and I feel like what's that book called uh your brain on love Mm, yeah talks about being an island or a wave and there's anchors so it still talks about attachment but it gives this different kind of um this different way of of filtering it which I think was interesting in that it also maybe changes dependent on your relationship so so let's say um 
Molly and Andrew. Andre? I'm the worst. Andrew? Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Andrew. <laughs> um, them, if he's, if we say they're both islands, so mm-hmm. they could both be avoidant, but the more avoidant person is going to sometimes not force, but it's going to inspire, we'll say, the other person to become more anxious. So Molly in that relationship becomes more of the person doing the reaching out, even though typically she's fearful avoidant because he might be even more of an island than she is. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think that's honestly what what you see play out. But even um, step applying that same analogy to Issa and Molly's friendship, mm-hmm. I feel like Issa is definitely feels like she's the island in terms of like she physically states after this blow up um, at the block party that she is the one who always has to do the reaching out. Yeah. Like that has been the pattern whenever something goes wrong is that she's the one who has to you mm. know, be that, that one to fix it. And I think that that's the point where, again, Molly has to kind of come to terms with, do I want to put in the work to make this relationship happen um, in a way that's healthy for both of us? Or do I not feel like it is beneficial to my life? And, um, you know, how can me navigating these sort of feelings that I have being, you know, the fearful, avoidant person, how can I navigate that? And do I want to push past those things and continue to dig deep into myself and heal myself through this relationship. As you said, that's how we heal is through relationships. And so, um, you know, and healing is hard work. I feel like people, you know, it's, it's not something that looks easy. Um, you know, as we talk about self-care and things like that, I know many folks have said this before already, but you know, it's more than what we do. It's more than what they were doing <laughs> on self-care. <laughs> Right. Like it's more it's more than that. It's it's, um, you know, taking a hard look at ourselves and understanding our patterns and coming face to face with those things. Um, While, yes, we can we do need to be taking care of our our bodies, but we definitely need to nurture our relationships as well. That's all a part of it. And um, I love that they highlight that as well. So. Well, I appreciate you for hopping on here and having this conversation. We could probably talk for hours (laughs) about this going back and forth, but I want to, you know, make sure to say thank you and that I appreciate you. Um, Is there anywhere that you would like for us to come and support you and find you on social? Yes. um, I just wanted to say thank you as well for the opportunity. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at it's the inspired um and Vanya Iskandri is my name and I will be releasing some new information on some opportunities to join a healing community that I am starting quite soon so stay on the lookout for that as well wonderful I love it again I appreciate you thank you thank you thank you for coming on and chatting about that I think um you know these are the conversations that we need to be having it's all about healing and so the more that we can have these open honest conversations the better off we all are exactly definitely so thank you so much for the opportunity 
If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.